Extrinsic motivation destroys intrinsic motivation. If you don't understand what I mean, you might want to keep listening. The worst of all evils in a school is an atmosphere where a student is forced and frightened to study by a teacher's artificial authority. Such treatment destroys the sound sentiments, the sincerity, and the self-confidence of the pupil. A child's inborn aptitude and genuine love for knowledge, as the divine curiosity that every child possesses, for this neither fear nor compulsion is needed. Behind every achievement exists the motivation which is at the foundation of it. Albert Einstein Motivation is a prerequisite for being able to learn well, now, and in the future when there is no one there to tell you what to do. You heard Einstein say it, behind every achievement exists the motivation which is at the foundation of it. Behind every achievement exists the motivation which is at the foundation of it. It's hard to get much anywhere or do much anything if we aren't driven to do it, especially if that task or series of tasks is to be done over the long term and especially if there are no given set of steps or instructions to follow, as the real world is really like so often. A lot of the things that are done in schools, a lot of the educational policies and practices are rationalized and put into effect under the premise that they are motivational. For example, why do we give students points for completing an assignment? And even before that, when the assignment is assigned, we assure them that they will lose points if they do not do it. Why do we do that? Ask teachers, for example, and almost surely they would say, it is to motivate them to do the thing. Just as well, there is an elaborate system of awarding points for doing the assignment in a certain way, not just to start it or to finish it, but to do it in a certain way. If you get it right, you get more points, because if you learned and did it properly, you deserve those points. This will surely motivate you to do it in the right way. And if you don't do it, well, you will be punished, and you lose the game. The prospect of which, the threat of which, motivates you to do it, and to do it well. Or so the logic goes, and the points thing is just one example. Of course, those points accumulate to the grade, the oh-so-precious grade and the GPA that will make or break you, either today, or this year, or at some indefinite point in the future. And thus, threatened with total life destruction, you will be motivated to do the thing, and to do it well. Do these things really motivate us, though? We take it for granted that it does. But I would suggest that you shouldn't, because this is a terrible bastardization of what motivation is. Science is not my job, but I've read a lot of what they've found on this matter of motivation. The conclusion that I'm relaying to you, that I've found true in my experience as well, is that these sort of incentives, as they are sometimes called, do not motivate students in the way intended. At the core of the problem is that not all of what we call motivation has the same quality and the same effect in practice. Two different ways of motivating someone, for example, could be very different, 
and have a very different effect on that person and produce very different results from that person. Motivation is a complex thing, and whatever moves people into action is not always good. In fact, sometimes things that move people to action make them not want to take action anymore. Yes, even if they continue to do it, it is not necessarily because they are motivated, but rather because they are threatened or somehow see no other good choice in the situation. This is true even if they are promised some other good unrelated thing to the task, like points or whatever it is. They might not like that task at all. They might hate to do it even more as you promise them more rewards for doing it. But they might still do it, maybe. Remember, this doesn't work for every student all the time. They might still do it as a rational choice in the moment in order to get that reward. And what happens so often, so consistently and perpetually in schools, is that once the bribe or threat is removed, the student will not want to do it anymore. And they may go so far as to actively avoid it. Not just today, or tomorrow, or this year, but for the rest of their life. And this is not just about something, a subject, or content matter. It could be about learning itself, and it often is. It seems to me that if something causes someone to not like doing something, both in the present and going forward, that thing or strategy to motivate someone is actually demotivational, not motivational. One of the most useful distinctions I've run across that is rooted in decades, if not a century of social science research by now, is the distinction between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. A lot of people have heard these terms, teachers definitely have, at least a lot of the time, but in my experience, what is far less understood and discussed is the meaning and implications of these distinctions, how the different kinds of motivation affect people's psychology, for example, and their quality of learning, like the depth to which they understood the thing, or their ability to retain the information, or use it in constructive or creative ways. And what is also not in the discussion so often is how these things affect the student's determination to persist in learning or doing something in the future. If you wanted to create lifelong learners, as every school mission statement says, of course, you'd think there would be more discussion around and policy creation that is based around what sort of strategies and practices cause people to want to learn or not want to learn in the future. Let's go back to the student who is threatened with a bad grade if they do not do the assignment, or let's say if they do not do it up to the standard. Upon being threatened with a bad grade, or by the same token, with respect to motivation, being told that something good will happen if they get the good grade, the student does the assignment. Voila! We did it. They're motivated. Maybe they even get a perfect grade. 100%. A+. They learned and they're motivated. Everyone wins here. But let's go a step further than this superficial thought process and conventional wisdom. Instead of referring to grades and points as simply motivation for the students, what if we decided to add a modifier before that word? Let's call it extrinsic motivation. Well, it changes everything if we understand how extrinsic motivation affects people and also how it affects intrinsic motivation, the love of learning and joy of doing things for their own sake, 
which of course every school mission statement says is what we're after. For the sake of brevity, I'm now going to summarize and synthesize. You are welcome to, and quite invited to, look further into the topic and challenge these conclusions, but we're going to wrap up today's episode with a few observations and principles. 1. As for how extrinsic motivation affects intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation undermines intrinsic motivation. You don't add them together. One actually kills the other. 2. In terms of how it affects people's psychological health, let me pull a summary statement directly from the website for self-determination theory, a sub-discipline of social science that, for almost a century, has been dedicated to the research of motivation and how it affects us. In terms of how it affects people's psychological health, extrinsic goals such as financial success, appearance, and popularity and fame have been specifically contrasted with intrinsic goals such as community, close relationships, and personal growth with the former, extrinsic goals, more likely associated with lower wellness and greater ill-being. And three, let me give a one-sentence summary of my own from my own research on this topic, including, but not limited to, a reading of Alfie Cohen's Punished by Rewards, Daniel Pink's Drive the Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, and reading through various studies within self-determination theory. Extrinsic motivation leads to worse performance on intellectual tasks, and the more the tasks are open-ended and require creative solutions, the worse the performance is probably going to be. And by performance, we can also include learning. Final conclusions for the day. The pervasive inducements and incentives throughout our schools and education system cause A. People to not want to learn anymore. B. Students to become worse at self-directing whenever there is no one telling them what to do in the future or simply not learning how to do it in the first place. C. Students to become less psychologically well in general. D. People to never meet their intellectual and general potential because they were not intrinsically motivated. And F. People learn that when you want to get other people to do things, you simply exert power over them in the form of a punishment or reward and this is one of the fundamental social relations in our society that fucks up everything. Thanks for tuning in. In the next episode, we will explore a school model that, even more than the Montessori model that we discussed in episode 20, rejects conventional schooling entirely, including its frame of motivation, on the grounds of helping people become better learners and better people who can problem solve, do things on their own without prompting, and create and live responsibly within a community. Thank you.